Welcome to Real Food, Real Conversations with Sophia DeSantis, where we focus on finding our happy balance between salad and fries. Welcome to the Real Food, Real Conversations podcast. I am so excited and happy that you're here. This is episode 44. And today we are going to be talking with my guest and friend, Courtney, about social media and body image, which is such a huge, awesome topic. And I'm really happy that she is on here so we can chat more about it. Um, Courtney, why don't you introduce yourself first to everybody and let them know what you do? I love what you stand for and all that fun stuff. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I'm super pumped to be here as well. And, um, as you said to you to talk about this, it's such a, such a huge thing, sticky thing. Um, so I'm Courtney Thomas and I am a self-discovery facilitator and coach for women. And really what that means is I help women find their own inner Dolly Parton, however that may look. So through, um, self-discovery, work and coaching. I help women see themselves so they can trust themselves in all the decisions that they make for their bodies, their lives, and their businesses. So, um, I have had my own business for a little over eight years, which is wild to think about. And, um, that initially started strictly in fitness and personal training, but has evolved a lot over the years, um, to more, you know, kind of broader, like life and mindset coaching and body image coaching as well, which is, you know, kind of how we landed here. It's this integration of all the parts of ourselves, um, both physical and, you know, mental, emotional and everything. That's awesome. And isn't it funny just how our business involves? Like it's, it's just neat that we can kind of pivot with our business. And I think so many people, especially this last year with all that's been happening with COVID and all that stuff, you know, a lot of people have had, have had like ahas and like yeah. pivots and you know, what they want to do. And I mean, I have pivoted so much since yeah. when I first started doing yeah. what I do. And I definitely have leaned more into the overall health coaching aspect of, cause I, I do plant-based recipes, but mm-hmm. more just the overall wellness aspect of it all and how, what you put into your body really is just one part of it. You know, like sure. wellness is, is, I totally believe that wellness is like you said, it's, it's your inner self. It's what you put in your body. It's, it's your mental health. It's your physical health. Like there's so many aspects. And, and I also don't believe that wellness is ever something we truly fully achieve. I feel like we always ever evolving, right. In our wellness. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's just so true. And I, I mean, I have a very similar, like kind of a parallel thing, you know, that's kind of how this evolved was like, you know, in the beginning, I very much was, in that camp, which is super, super common within the fitness industry, especially, you know, to where it's like, this is, you know, your workout is the most important thing. And like, you need to do this and you need to be really consistent. And like, it has to look this way. And just over time, I realized that that was just a big hunk of BS. Like that's not, that's not how this works. That is not how life is. And, um, that's actually often more problematic than anything else. It leads us away from overall well being. Um, so, you know, I, pivoted and shifted, you know, my business to really reflect that, that, you know, my philosophy is ultimately that like the only right way to do anything is a way that works for you. And so you have to start there and figure that out first. And that I applies totally to agree. fitness that applies to food that applies to, you know, business, professional life, family relation, like literally everything. So yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, and I also believe that like once we, I, I just, I have this thing that it's, this is kind of a new um, kind of arm of my business that I, I really want to start focusing on. But um, one thing too, is I've realized there's so much out there on like intuitive eating and listening to your body. But yeah. if you step away from that a little bit, you realize that a lot of people don't even know how to do that because they have been mm-hmm. guided yep. by outside sources for so long. They have yep. been told by people like eat this way, work out this way for so long that they don't even really know what their own body wants and needs. Yep. Like, and so that's kind of, I have a, uh, um, I guess it's an ebook. It's like a little reset type thing about that kind of helps guide people back to figuring out what their body even wants. Yeah. And it's so important because it's like, that's the thing when other people and outside sources keep telling you, you lose that connection. And Mm -hmm. it's almost like I say that it's filled with gunk that it's almost like we need to clear the pipes. We need to clear that gunk. We need to stop you know, thinking that there's only one way to do something. And, you know, and it's like, and I don't know about you, but I, cause I am turning 44 in July. Um, and I actually went through early onset menopause in my early forties. And that was a life changer for me. And like you said, with the whole, I was big in fitness too. Like I was like boot camp, running all the things. And then all of a sudden my body just needed something new. And I've been into yoga for the past three, three years or, or so, mm-hmm. like really into it. And I, I mean, I don't see myself as any less fit. I actually feel better that, cause I struggled for so long. Like, like you said that the, you have to do this and this and this. And once I let go and started listening, like, what, what does my body want? What yep. does it feel? What kind of movement does it need? I felt like I was in such a better place. It's huge. It makes a huge difference. And, you know, kind of to your point too, like that's, that's ultimately like what the bulk of my coaching program really is, is that, um, like on kind of the body side of things is that reflection, like to where we're working together and I'm, you know, guiding folks through those questions that do, um, you know, like you mentioned your ebook, like lead them back into that practice. Like, so my, um, coaching framework is uncover, unlearn and unleash, which really is like, you have to uncover all of that. You referred to it as gunk, like, which is totally true. Like you have to uncover all of that stuff that you've been told for your whole life is the right way or the best way or all the things you should be doing. So like, essentially you need to unshould yourself, you know, and that, um, that's a huge part of my process and clients just so often are, exactly in that space of what you said to where they're like, okay, like listen to your body is great, but like, I have literally no idea how to do that. So that's a huge part of my process is, you know, kind of working with people to get back to themselves because we have given away that peace and that power for decades. And it, it's a challenge to learn to trust yourself, you know, and it takes some time and, you know, it, it can, it can just feel really sticky in a lot of ways, but, you know, to your point about, you know, getting more, you know, into yoga and stuff like that. Like you, you, again, you get to choose, right? Like you get yep. to decide what feels good and what feeling good really means even too. like, there's no one definition of that. You get to define that too. Um, so it's a, it can be a really powerful thing. I often start with like the very basics of like helping people to understand that, like you can start from a place of doing what you actually enjoy. You know, like it does not have to check a box, be a certain length, be a certain intensity, be, you know, a certain form, like none of that stuff. Like, what do you actually like to do? How do you like to feel? How can you achieve that? Start with 
one minute a day. Like that's enough, you know? Well, I think it's hard too, because so many of us, you know, growing up, especially as women have been told that we need to be a certain way, look a certain way, act a certain way. And for me, I mean, I focus more on like the food side of things. Like I don't tell people what to eat because I'm not a dietitian or nutritionist, but I don't think you have to be to help people figure it out themselves, you know, and barring any people, barring anybody with like, again, like a medical condition, I think most people want to eat quote unquote healthy, whatever that means. Um, They just don't know what that is for themselves. And even though for, you know, my family, like we switched our diet to mostly plant-based for my husband back in 2012 because of his heart condition. But since then we have all very much evolved. Like I can't eat gluten anymore because of my own health issues. So our food has evolved for me. And I've said this multiple times that like, if my husband and I were each out and we had to eat something, he had to, he has to avoid meat because of his medical condition. I have to avoid gluten because of my medical condition. And those are the number one things that we would avoid other everything else we wouldn't worry about we would just eat whatever it because we want our mental health to also be happy mm-hmm. and don't want to stress about all the things and that's such an important part of it right the mental health yeah yeah 100 percent. so why dolly i just want to add <laughs> i i am huge with um i love country music my husband and i are huge country music fans uh luke bryan is like my heartthrob love him to death um but and i love dolly parton i think she's amazing but what drew you to Dolly? So um, Dolly has been absolutely a presence it, like in my life, my whole life. I mean, I used to literally like sit cross-legged on the floor in front of the TV watching Hee Haw like with my, with my great oh grandma when I was a so child. Fun. So um, she and like country and Western music like have been certainly part of my life, my whole life. Um, recently or somewhat recently, I'd say probably about the last five years or so, she's kind of come back into my presence, like in, in a more intentional way, like in a more, um, aware way and like how, just how like relevant she really is in so many ways. Um, so, you know, for people who like see Dolly Parton and they're like, Oh yeah, like big boobs and big hair and you know, whatever, like, listen, like if you don't know Dolly, look her up once Dolly Parton is one of the most like inspirational, motivational people you will ever know behind the scenes. Dolly Parton is incredible, right? So she is an absolutely like the savviest businesswoman you will ever meet. Um, she is, I mean, of course, a multi multi millionaire who also then gives away a really, really hefty portion of that money, um, has her own nonprofit foundation, you know, working, um, to advocate for literacy for children. Um, as we all know, like, you know, she made headlines donating just a million dollars sight unseen to, you know, COVID vaccine work, you know, just, she's absolutely incredible in that way. She is one of like one of only a handful of people who have won literally every type of award out there, you know, the, the, like, I forget what they call it, but like, she's won an Oscar, a Tony, a Grammy and, um, whatever else. I mean, she literally has hundreds of all of these musical awards. Many of the songs that you have ever, you know, heard and thought of and have been popularized or whatever, like again, behind the scenes, 
Dolly Parton is a songwriter. Like she's, she's the machine behind like many of these huge pop, pop culture hits, you know, stuff like that. Like, but the bottom line, like kind of the, um, the like foundational aspect that really speaks to me and has again, kind of like become this reference for my brand and my philosophy is that from the time that Tolly Parton was six years old and was like having her uncle drive her to Nashville to make radio appearances. Um, she has known exactly who she is and she has never questioned it. That has been just an unapologetic, like, I know what I'm about and this is it. And this is what I'm going to do. This is who I'm going to be. This is how, and I, like, this is not, you know, if it's not for you, it's not for you, but this is how I live my life. Um, and that just, that is so, so powerful. So kind of my like life mantra is a Dolly quote. And she says, find out who you are and do it on purpose. And I cannot think of anything else that just is more of a touchstone for living the life that you want to live, you know, kind of talking about how, you know, what we were in reference to earlier, you know, we've just been told for so long, like exactly how to live our lives and what we want and what we should, you know, need and all of this stuff. And like, is that really true? You know, Dolly's just the absolute best example of that. You know, I look the way I want to look because that's how I want to look, you know, like I do the business that I want to do because this is what I'm into. I do the movies because that's, you know, that made sense for me. Like just absolutely everything is, um, knowing herself first. I love that. It's so freaking true. Like it's, mm-hmm. and she's like tiny, right? Like, isn't <laughs> she like super small? Um, she just, I so, so totally see that amazing connection. And I mean, I, I know, of, I know Dolly, I've, I've, you know, I know a bunch about her. I don't know. I didn't know like all of these of what you said, but the mm-hmm. idea of her and knowing who she is as a woman and saying pretty much F you to everybody out there. This is me, mm-hmm. take me or leave me. Right. Um, in a time where women did not do that. Yep. She was, you know, probably, I mean, one of the first women to be like, this is me, you know? Oh, a hundred percent. And it's such a good, like, kind of a segue into what we're talking about is the whole, like, like you said, you see the big boobs and the big hair and, and, there's so much of life today online and in person where people judge others by the way that they look yeah, and, or the way that, you know, in their mind, they shouldn't look like that. Like it's like you said, like we have control over ourselves, right. But we mm-hmm. don't have control over other people. And <laughs> especially in today's world where we're dealing with so much um, in our country that ultimately respect is not there is what I see. And, and that's kind of like what she commanded was like respect, like you do you I'll do me. Yeah. 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 I Absolutely. love that. Absolutely. I love that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. She was certainly a, a trailblazer too. Like way, kind of way before her time, you know, it's funny. You, yes. you can read a lot of articles out there where um, Dolly gets asked about like, you know, like, are basically like, are you, do you, are you a feminist icon? What do you think? And she's like, I never thought about any of that. I just knew what I wanted and I was going to make it happen. She, she was like, I mean, I think it's great that, you know, I am a role model for, for people, but like, you know, she was way before her time with that. She was yes. truly just like, this is what I want business-wise or brand or, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I think even like Dollywood is an example, you know, or, yeah. you know, all of her advisors were like, 
really like, I don't think this is a good idea. And she was like, I want a theme park in my home state. This is what I want to do. And she did it. And like, truly like people talk about Disney world being the happiest place on earth. Nuh-uh, not if you haven't been to Dolly world, like it's, I it's have great. never been, but that would be super fun one day. It's very fun. Um, but it's true. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of where, I mean, women in business right now, I, um, I have this incredible business coach who I've had for two years, who has helped me take my business to new levels. And she is the epitome of everything that we're talking about is she has coached me to um, take my business to a level where I, I have to find my people and be who I want yeah. and my people will come and, yep. and not worry about what other people are thinking because they're just not my people, you know? And that's right. kind of why I flourished into kind of creating my own niche in the plant-based world of it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And so- oh, yeah. Um, Cause we know, and let's talk a little bit about this whole social media. We know how mm-hmm. terrible social media can be. I mean, yeah, it's, I, when I first entered the real social media world, when I started back in 2013, kind of when I started my blog, I mm-hmm. knew that I had to be on social and I was, I had a Facebook account at that point. Like, I think maybe I just had to open an Instagram account where I talked to my, you know, I was on there for my family and friends far away, but I, I didn't know anything about social media. And holy hell, did yeah. I get dropped into a world that I was like blown away at how mean people were. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Spot on. It's so, it's so interesting. Cause like I've given a lot of talks at, you know, conferences and stuff like that. And it comes into, it comes into play a lot again, when, especially when we're talking about like women and bodies, right? Like there's yep. a lot of research and there has been for decades, essentially, on, um, the connection between body image and, um, like self image and, uh, media consumption overall, right? Like that used to look like TV movies, pop culture, billboards, magazines, things like that. But, um, obviously more recently things have shifted to kind of incorporating this question of social media and kind of how all of that goes. And really like the same correlations are there, all the same correlate correlations are there. And like, so much of it is about comparison. Like when it comes to, I mean, I certainly think this is relevant in business for sure, but like when it comes to body stuff, like it's all about like the image-based stuff, you know, like Instagram is a good example. Um, Mm -hmm. that's really, really powerful. It, it like it, (laughs) especially for women, like this is really interesting. I kind of have looked up this type of research too, like the comparison, um, then between like men and women and like why this isn't all that much or as much, uh, to an extent, a problem for, um, for men is because women and men use, uh, social media in different ways. So women often basically are out to look at other people. Like they're like have, whether it's conscious or subconscious or unconscious or whatever, like intention, it's often to literally go on there and compare their lives to what ultimately is idealized images of other people's lives, you know, like it's, Uh it's wild. And so the ramifications of that are really, really powerful. You know, I mean, again, as it goes body related, it often means that, um, just strictly speaking, like you're thinking about your body more, right. Which like, Uh that's a thing that then leads to a lot of other different behaviors that sometimes are problematic or detrimental, like leads to body dissatisfaction, a lot of negative body thoughts, negative self-talk, stuff like that. Um, and then ultimately again, like that can 
down the line lead to other, you know, disordered behaviors, whether that's with eating or exercise Mm -hmm. practices or things like that. But like, it is all like, it's, you know, like anything, I mean, science and studies are always, they have their issues, but, um, it is associated, you know, it's a factor. Social media is a factor. Oh, a hundred percent. I, I would, I don't think that anybody can say that social media, um, does not, does not affect self body image in women, especially. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. So what did the study say about what men go on there for? If women go on to compare and, you know, whatever, what do men use social media for? Um, like making friends is a big one. So like actually like connecting with people in a social way is, is like kind of one of the big things. Um, but like, like again, like, um, they might like go on it to, uh, you know, consume kind of sometimes the way that women go on. But a lot of times, again, there's just more intent. Like we've just been conditioned as females, as women for so much longer to stack ourselves up against other women. Mm -hmm. Men haven't been conditioned in the same way. Um, There are still some like similar correlations. It's just that men are less likely to have that intent behind their social media use, right? Like, so they might go on and they might see, you know, a a bunch of like ripped abs men and stuff like that, which this too, the research does show like if like in those studies, if they have men going in and looking at like male fitspo, you know, kind of thing, they will then start thinking more about their bodies again, when, if they hadn't gone on there, if they hadn't looked at that, if they had just gone on to like send a message to their, like, you know, gamer friends or whatever, like they would never have done that. Whereas women often have a feed that is basically like, it's all like aspirational stuff of like upward comparison. And that's how women tend to utilize social media versus men. So just overall, like our initial intent is just different. So I mean, our intent could be, you know, to go on there, compare whatever, which could lead us to connecting with somebody while we're there. Whereas men go on there to connect or find information or do whatever, which could then lead them to compare if they see it. But it's just that the first start is different. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, So interesting. What an interesting um, Mm -hmm. study. That's like, but you know, and the truth of the matter is though, like you're right. Like, I mean, it does ultimately the comparison is there and it will affect men and women the same. Um, It's just, it affects us more because that's our conditioning. And, Mm -hmm. and I think it depends. Cause I mean, I have like, my oldest son has anxiety and I am holding on to the fact that he is not going to be on social media anytime soon. And I don't know when, because I know that anxiety is highly correlated with social Mm -hmm. media. Um, that whole, you know, being left out that, you know, the online bullying, like those kinds of things. Um, He's a pretty, I've, we've conditioned all our boys to be pretty tough kids in the sense of like, um, don't care what other people think. My husband, uh, is, I, you know, I very much, um, am jealous of him for this, but he is the youngest of four and he has literally has told me he has never once succumbed to peer pressure. He doesn't care what other people think. He doesn't like, he is so just different than me. (laughs) It's, it's, we're so different and it's hard because I think he, I don't think he assumes our kids are like that, but he sometimes has a hard time when our boys care that they miss out on something or whatever. He doesn't get it. They're like, who cares? And I'm like, they do. Yeah. So we need to deal with that because I don't want him to feel that way, but like, Mm -hmm. I get it, you know? So it's kind of like, it's, it's a good and bad thing that he's that way. And I, mm-hmm. I hope that he can help my boys 
be more that way. But at the same time, you know, it, it, he doesn't understand those feelings. And funny enough, my husband isn't on social media. He doesn't like social media. So I, I can see why, I guess. I mean, right. So my husband and I kind of had a similar parallel, right? Like, so he, um, he too, like, wasn't really on social media or anything, but like I, was, have been for a long time, um, personally. And then, you know, that morphed into business and all this kind of stuff. So it was like, you know, I mean, as you just said, like it becomes like this whole part of your world. Right. Mm -hmm. And he always was like, what are like, why is this, why is this such a thing? Like, this is so stupid. Why are you doing that? Like, like not pay attention to me, but like basically like be in your real life instead of in your freaking screen. And two, like he kind of was similar. He was like, I don't, like, I don't get it. And, you know, kind of to the point of like how men and women use social media differently. Like, I mean, I was on there like to like, you know, check numbers and see who is doing what. And like, you know, like all of this kind of stuff. And like, I mean, ultimately in my, inside my head, like, yeah, it was totally comparing myself to like all of the things. And meanwhile, he was like, you know, he was like looking up whatever, I don't know, campers or something, you know, like, yeah. so again, like he just was not going on there for the same reasons. He wasn't spending as much time. He wasn't as active right. and stuff. So then a couple of years, well, it's probably been about a year and a half. He was like, just off. He was just checked out. He was like, I don't use this for anything. I don't need this for anything. The people that I talk to, I talk to on text or phone or whatever, like, yes. so what am I doing? And it took me a while to like really get to that point to be able to disconnect. So, um, it's, yeah, there's definitely some difference in that. And it can be kind of funny. Like when you do sort of meet somebody who's like, I don't like, I don't get this, <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, yeah, okay, maybe you well, don't get it, but it does exist. <laughs> you know, it's, and I do think there's a correlation because I, um, definitely have been, as I've used it more for my business, I don't want to be on it as much because it consumes yeah. so much of my business. But I also think that has a lot to do with my mental health. And I yep. went through early menopause. It was awful for me. It, I had extreme anxiety, like all the things. And then I started seeing a functional medicine, like naturopathic doc, who I still see. And she basically like changed my life. Like she has helped me so much. And I have come so long with all the mental health stuff because of her and the work that I've done. And I definitely think that that is part of why I don't, I'm not on there personally very much at all ever anymore. You know, I'll go on to like post a quick photo of my kids or something, but I'm not on there personally very often anymore. Um, just cause I have to do it for my business and I've gotten my fill, you know? So yeah. I do think that correlates though with the mental health thing, because when you're inside, when you're not like the strong, like if you're struggling, like going on there and, and seeing those, you seek that perfection, you seek, Mm -hmm. you seek it, but then it's almost like worse because it just makes you feel worse. Oh yeah. It's It's like like a downhill battle. Oh, it's totally like a downward cycle, circular logic thing. Like it's, it's the worst. And like, I mean, ultimately a lot of that is like, kind of like how that just how social media companies and culture has just completely spun out of control. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's the psychology behind it is very interesting. You know, I mean, I don't know how much you've kind of dove off into that, but, um, several years ago, I started reading like quite a bit about kind of what's behind all this stuff. And like, I mean, ultimately like probably too, like, and maybe you or your listeners are familiar, like with the, 
um, like the most recent, uh, thing is yes. like the Netflix documentary, the yeah. social dilemma, uh-huh. stuff like that. But like, uh-huh. I've been reading, you know, different stuff. And like, um, if you've heard of Cal Newport and digital minimalism, stuff like that, like for years and like, ultimately like the, the thing that really resonates with me is that like, if you're not paying for something, you're like, you are the product. And also uh-huh. like, there are only two things where people who like utilize this are called users. Like, think about that. Like Mm -hmm. it's drugs and social media. So what do you think is happening here? Like to that point of, you know, like you said, when you're in a bad space, social media culture has now like basically like conditioned us to believe that if we go on there, like, oh, we can look at all this aspirational stuff and it'll be so motivating and inspiring Mm -hmm. and whatever. When really the opposite is true. That's like, you know, like I, I'm not like a big brother person or whatever, but kind of like, that's what they want us to believe because ultimately that gets us to that game, use it more ultimately end up clicking on ads, buying things, you know, like it's a really big monster and it takes a little while to sort of process and step back from that and say like, Whoa, wait a second. Like I have some power of choice in this. Well, and I think that really ultimately for me, I mean, there are wonderful parts to social yeah. media in my opinion. Yep. Cause I, you know, I have family in Greece, my family, my, my family, I am a hundred percent Greek. My parents are immigrants here and and they would never know my kids if it wasn't for social yeah. media. And so I definitely think the connection for people far away is great. And I think what draws people in, but the back to the whole, like what you said, the user part of it, <laughs> I think the ultimate issue here, you know, and, and I totally agree the social dilemma I've, you know, I know that it's such a big thing and I know that, you know, these social media companies, they design it to suck you in, to get yeah. you addicted, uh-huh. whatever. However, the bigger issue with which what I personally think is something that uh, as a country, we don't, we pr- almost purposely don't fix in order to prey on it, but is our mental health as a, as a country, yeah. like we oh, don't yeah. focus on mental health. We don't, yeah. we, it's almost like, you know, it's like, Ooh, poo pooed on to like, talk about it. Yeah, it's still stigmatized. It's stigmatized. Yeah. Yes. And so it's like, if we all were mentally healthy, would social media be as much of an issue? I absolutely don't think it would. You know, I, I don't know. And, and there will never, there will literally never be an answer to that yeah, question because there we will never, because we will never no. cultivate a culture of addressing mental health first. And also social media will probably never go away. Um, so, you know, then I think it becomes a really individual question, you know, yeah. of like continuing conversations like this, of talking about mental health and those different connections and just encouraging people to self-reflect and say like, okay, if you're having a down day, if you notice that your mental health is like maybe in a bit of a low, is it the best thing to, you know, do that like automatic habit of cooking into social media to try to, you know, seek something yeah. or is maybe that, you know, not your first step, you know, does this look different? And, you know, to your point too, like, I think that there is certainly potential in how we utilize social media, but again, that's a very individual choice to the kind of flip side of some of the research that I mentioned too in the same way that social media can be associated with things like body dissatisfaction and, you know, negative body image, things like that. The same can also be true. Should you cultivate and curate your feed differently? Research also shows that, you know, when women are exposed and looking at like more body positive, um, images and, you know, things like that, different body sizes, 
that also changes how they think about themselves. So Uh you do have the option to curate your feed completely differently. And that can be a positive thing. So like there's, there's always like two sides to the story. Um, but you know, then again, like kind of the underlying thing is that even if you, you know, kind of curate your feed to look differently as it relates to body, like you're still then focused on thinking about your body. So, well, and you're also still, you're also like we said, you're also still using somebody else's body, whereas we want to focus on our own. Right. Yeah. So a lot of what the like analysis comes out of these things is like, you know, yeah, okay. There can be positives to this, but the point is like, you don't always want to be thinking about your body all the time. Like you want to be, um, you know, looking, uh, outside, basically like do other activities that aren't so focused on appearance on body or on comparison to other people. Like, yeah get out into the world and do stuff you like basically. Well, and I think I kind of, <laughs> I kind of, when I said that, I kind of meant more in the sense of if we are in a good place mentally and we're on social media, yeah. um, will it affect us like right? it does when we're not in a good place? And yeah. I don't think it will. I think that if you are in a good place and you've done all the work and you're in a good place and then you go on social media, you aren't going to get into that negative spiral because you have your mental health is in a, it is in a good, positive, confident, strong place. And so the social media is not going to have that effect on you. It's kind of like when you're, you know, if you're in a situation, you know, like you said, like drug drugs or whatever, if you're in a situation where you're confident and strong, like you're not going to succumb to that because you're like, no, thanks. I don't need that. Whereas on social, like all those positive, you know, all the different bodies they portray that are, first of all, touched up and second of all, not real. (laughs) Um, When, if, you know, if you're in a good place mentally and you don't have that body, you don't really look at it and and care. You're just like, oh, whatever. And you kind of scroll on by. Whereas mentally, if you're not in that good place, you look at it and it makes you feel terrible about yourself. I mean, I, I, I think that it's really tough to make a blanket about that for anyone really. Um, you know, cause I, like I can share my personal experience that, you know, like it doesn't really matter like where I'm at or how well I'm addressing my mental health. Like, I mean, I'm, a, I've been in ongoing therapy for a couple of years and like, I can feel great and confident and also go on social media and then feel terrible, um, by some, like something that I'm seeing. So I think it's, again, I think it's super, super individual. And I don't think there is necessarily like a black and white answer to it, you know? So I think it's a, in my experience, it's a super, super personal choice. Like I quit social media completely in uh, November. So it's been about three months that I've been off social media. And like, now that is a positive for my mental health, um, but also not like not the end all be all. Um, but what's been really interesting about it is that I've had so many conversations with so many different people who like many of them are very like, whoa, that's like, that's huge. I really need to do that. It's gotten them thinking. Um, but I've had some really interesting conversations too, kind of in a similar vein to, you know, there's sort of this, which honestly, often in my experience, it was like through Instagram that there would be like, you know, different people or even like some therapists or whatever, basically kind of saying like, you know, you should be able to draw boundaries around this and not be affected by it. And I just don't think that is within every single person to have that kind of strength, no matter how confident or strong you're feeling everywhere else. It's a very personal thing. Um, so, you know, I, 
I, like anything in life, like it, it you just kind of can't make generalizations to, to everything or everyone. I think certainly it does help to be in a better place and be taking care of yourself mentally and emotionally. Absolutely. But, um, you know, for me, like quitting completely was the answer for some people, they can draw boundaries yeah, it's, or anywhere in between, you know, maybe it's quit for a month and then you come back, you know, like whatever. Yeah. Um, but you got to do what's well, right for I, you. I guess it's just like alcohol, you know, like if you have the alcoholism gene and there's nothing you can do. Like mm-hmm. my uncle was an alcoholic, my mom's yeah. brother. So I, you know, grew up, I, I've been told my entire life, my sister and I have been told our entire lives, you have alcoholism in your family, you have alcoholism in your family. Yep. You know, this needs to be on the forefront of your thinking, which, you know, it also brings like, like, I, I totally, I do agree with you. There are people that just need to not do something mm-hmm. for me when I was in, uh, when, when I got into a better mental health, I can go on social now and I am not affected by it. I can get off of social. Like I said, like I, I'm almost actually turned off by it um, yeah. just naturally <laughs> because of my being on there so much with my business. And yeah. I have noticed a, a huge shift for me in that with, and that directly compares to my mental health yeah. and how much better I'm doing. But like my uncle, you know, who is an alcoholic, like he en- ended up dying because of alcoholism mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it's a gene that was triggered and he mm-hmm. couldn't like get away from it. Like he couldn't be around it. And there are, yep. it's true. Like if you have that, there's some alcoholics that like in order to get better, they have to be completely away from alcohol in all aspects of their life. Yep. They can't be with anybody that is drinking. They can't cause it's a trigger for them. And right. it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't know if like when, because my mom raised us with this knowledge and this constant awareness that we did have alcoholism. We have to be aware of it. I'm so curious that if she hadn't done that, and <laughs> yeah. wh- where would I have been? Because it's, it, cause it's a very strong gene in my family. And so it's just interesting because mm-hmm. I have always been aware of it. And I've always been that person. Like, do I like to drink? Yep. I love my cocktails. And <laughs> I, enjoy wine. I enjoy having drinks. Um, can I, if I'm not feeling great and feeling kind of blah, can I stop drinking for, you know, however long I want just in order to like get myself feel better? Absolutely. I have no issue with it. Can I go out and have other people drink and can I still have a good time? Totally. But I know people that can't that like, you know, so yeah, I guess it just depends. I, Mm -hmm. um, it totally just depends on So when it comes to social media and body image, what do you think are like the main issues out there with body image? Like what are the main triggers, issues, the things that you, um, that you think are like, you know, the worst for us as women, you know, and I guess men too, but I'm, you know, mostly women, because we both know that it's really mostly a woman issue. (laughs) Um, I just think it's, it's again, like kind of that piggyback on, you know, how media has influenced, influenced us for, I mean, a hundred years, ultimately, like things are looking different and there are a lot, there's a lot more diversity throughout what we're seeing, but still like, I think the most damaging thing is that like the vast majority of what we see out there still idealizes like actually like what is referred to as the thin ideal, which basically means that if you have a thin fit white body, that is a good body. If you do not have that body, you are not good. And, um, that's really problematic. Like that's super simple, but like, if you really sit Uh down and think about it, that's kind of the message, right? Uh Is that like, 
you should be doing more. You should always lose weight. You should never have, you know, excess weight. You should never not be exercising or eating clean, quote, clean, whatever that means. I hate that word. I know me too. So like, (laughs) you know, like whatever it is, like that's still like, it's very much a centralized, like generic message that has been, um, kind of repackaged, you know, every so often for the last 80 years. And it's, it's still super, super prevalent that like, we should always be losing weight and we should always have a certain body type and we should always look a certain way. And also there's only one, there's only one way. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just like the one size fits all type of situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still remember I'm, I'm small. I'm five feet and I would say average weigh a hundred pounds. I go lower, mm-hmm. higher, depending on my situation. I've always been petite. Um, but I also have a woman's figure. I'm Greek. And so, um, for me, <coughs> excuse me, for me, like people are always like, Oh, you can wear kids clothes. And I'm, I was like, well, no, I can't. Cause I have a butt, <laughs> right. I have hips, you know, I'm not yeah. like I'm small, but I'm not, I, I don't have no body. Right. <clears throat> but that one body type does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, it just puts the focus on, you know, like one thing and one thing only, you know, like you'll, you'll never be happy and fulfilled unless you lose 15 pounds and have a flat stomach. Like, I mean, that's not, that's, I, I think women are the ones who are going to change the world. And if that's the only thing that we're thinking about, And that's the only thing that we keep being conditioned to think about through social media or, you know, whatever else, like that's an issue. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's true. And I mean, I guess it's like, for me, I have, I get, when you say cure at your feet, I actually have, now that I think about it, it's, it's probably been subconscious, but. Oh yeah. Love it. I have curated my feet differently because from the beginning, like when you enter this plant-based world, there's so much of it is infiltrated with these, um, like before and after, you know, like oh, body images of all I these things before and afters. And well, and I love the ones that are actually like before and afters that the afters are actually like not any different sometimes like right. quote unquote worse, you know, yes. if you're thinking about it and they're like, what you don't see is, is the mental piece that has yeah. actually grown, you know? Um, but I, I have like, I, I, I don't know. I don't follow those types of accounts. I don't, Cause I guess it's, I don't know, inside of me, I just always knew it was so fake. And I'm like, yeah. And also, I don't know. Why are you, I, 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 I don't know. I can't even explain it. I don't have the words <laughs> to explain why I've never really liked that. Um, yeah. It's never been my, my thing. Um, but I do remember, cause I'm short and I do remember always thinking, I wish I had long legs. Oh my gosh. I am so with you there. So I'm not, I'm not quite as petite as you are, but like I'm five, four and I have really short legs and a really long torso. And, um, man, like, again, even before the internet even existed, all I wanted was like rocket legs and like that, that does not exist. Like that cannot exist for my body. Like, so, you know, I mean, we get so fixated on that stuff and it's often because again, that's the image that you see of like what you're supposed to look like as a woman that I can't have that. Like, you know, and and it took a very long time to understand, like, I am still enough in this body. Like I don't have to, I don't have to have long legs. Like it's going to be okay. (laughs) Well, it's like something you 
physically can't have even if you tried like yeah. that's the thing it's like okay you can lose weight or whatever but you can't grow your legs no. it's not possible <laughs> no and I, that time is fast right and like and the one thing that stuck to me really big as I've you know as I've grown and like shopped and whatever I've always like in the back of my head every time I go shopping I'm a small size I wear a zero depending on you know clothes or whatever but the zero legs of oh my god they're so long and I'm like who is that tall that wears this Uh size like that is not Uh okay like why are people my size that are so much taller than me Okay. So that's actually the thing, which this is like, I mean, you should have somebody else on to talk about this point, but that's another great like tangent point. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Those body types in real life don't really exist. There are a very small percentage of women who can fit into a size zero at the length of legs that you're talking about. Cause I've experienced that too. Like I get this and then I have to have four inches hemmed off the leg. That is exactly what we're talking about. That these ideal quote, ideal bodies are portrayed in the media. That's what the fashion industry has sized to. That's what like clothing, jeans, Lululemon, whatever. That's what they size to. And those are not the majority of bodies. So then what happens that comes out of that is we take that on ourselves. We say we are the problem, not the genes are the problem. We say we are the problem. And that's what we've learned through all of this stuff. And honestly, like, again, like a good portion of social media continues to like have us believe that we are the problem and we need to fix ourselves. And that is not it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, I've always like, it's always, I've just, and then I have to shop in the petite section. We're like, okay, Mm -hmm. I am petite, Mm -hmm. but, but somebody my size is petite. Like, why are you even making clothes that are my size in like an extra long? Okay. Maybe there's ran, you know, there are people that are naturally tall and thin, but that is naturally. That is like their body type. They are long and lanky. Like that is their body type. And that is like, you know, that's just few and far between, but it just, yeah, it's, Mm -hmm. it's insane. Like it drove me crazy. Like I always, my whole life, I'm like, dude, who wears these? I I still, to this day, almost every pair of, no, every pair of jeans that I own is an ankle length and they're full length on me. Yeah. It just, it like, it's, it's impossible. It's such a pain in the butt. Like I, I have a, I have a dear friend who's a stylist. We have very similar, um, philosophies and, you know, she has kind of really helped me understand like what, again, like how I know the fitness industry looks on the backside. She knows how the, like the style fashion clothing industry looks on the backside, you know, Mm -hmm. and she's kind of helped me realize like buy something that mostly fits, get it tailored. There's nothing wrong with you. That's just because like sizing stinks, like don't attach yourself to whatever this is, just buy something that fits and, you know, move on down the road. Like all bodies are unique. The clothing isn't. (laughs) Right. Right. No, I know. And it's, you know, it's hard. I mean, especially like in, you know, in, in after in motherhood, like you have kids and I mean, I birthed three children and uh, yeah, I'm not the same body that I, I was before, but I, I feel really darn good about myself. You know, yeah. I work out because mentally like that is, I, I have anxiety and working out really helps me and my energy and whatever, but I sometimes do yoga and yeah, sometimes I will do a boot camp, but right. I, and I enjoy being fit and healthy and whatever, but it's not 
you know, I don't look at myself and think, oh, I'm doing this to get back to my 20 year old self because I'm not my 20 year old self. I had three freaking babies, you know, like I'm never going to be my 20 year old self and I don't want to be. And, you know, ironically, my sister is tall and has the super long legs. And so growing up, she was always the tall one with the super long legs. But it's funny because we always with each other, I always uh, admired her legs and she always admired my stomach. Cause I've always had a flat stomach. You know what? It's natural. Like it is nothing I do any differently. That is just part of who I am. I've always had a flat stomach. I've had three babies. My stomach, it's still flat. Like it's just, yeah, I have a little skin there if I like try, but that's just naturally how I am. Well, my sister struggles in the stomach, but then she has these long, thin legs and right. my legs are short and like, not my favorite part of my body. So it's always, it's always something. Yeah. And I was going to say, I mean, and that kind of goes way back to the comparison piece. Right. I mean, cause yeah. I've had the same experience. Like I had a few really tall friends and they were like, Oh my God, I could never find jeans. And I was like, Oh my God, I can never find jeans. You know, they yeah. were always like, my legs are too long. And I was like, my legs are too short. Like, you know, point being like, you, you just can't, you can't compare your life, your body, your story, any of that to anybody else. You know, it really all comes back again to like understanding, you know, what you, what you need and just being, being good with that, you know, like talking about, you know, how and why you work out and stuff. Like you don't do it to like beat yourself into your 20 year old self. You do it because you love yourself now. Well, and when I'm online and like, like I own a, we got a Peloton, of course, like with everybody else over COVID, uh, which I love. But what's interesting is when I'm on there, the um, instructors I'm motivated by the most are the ones that are like strong as hell. Like I, there's one tune day, this, um, she is like, oh my God, I look at her. I'm like, that is strength. And this other girl, Jess, who Sims is like the arms. And I look at that and I'm like, that's what motivates me. It's strong. And, and maybe that's body comparison again, but I see it as strength and mm-hmm. more so as like, I'm a strong woman versus like, I've, you know, got ripped muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just the shift that I've taken personally too yeah. in life is that, you know, with having my own business and all that stuff that mentally I'm looking, when I look at who I admi- admire, it's more the strong fit women versus the models. And yeah. I don't even, I find myself not even like really caring or looking at the tall skin thing, you know, (laughs) Victoria's secret, like old school. That's what, that was like the old school vision is the Victoria's secret, whatever. Um, and it's more these strong women that I look at and I admire. And I don't even know if, you know, if I've ever seen them in a bathing suit, I just know I see them in my workouts or online or whatever. And I'm like, dang, look how strong and amazing she is. Yeah. And I mean, again, like that's some of the, the positive of, you know, kind of how, um, social media has certainly contributed to that shift in what we see visually, right? Like, because anybody can have a platform. So, you know, that means that all different types of bodies, all different types of definitions of strength, physical, emotional, mental, like all of that can be expressed. Right. So, Mm -hmm. you know, again, that kind of goes back to, you know, seeking out and curating around that. Well, and again, yeah, like you said, totally. I mean, it is positive too, in the sense that, you know, we are doing more body positivity. We are doing, um, you know, showcasing different types of, you know, people from big to small to color to not to, you know, just showcasing all of the 
rainbow, I guess you can say in all aspects, yeah. not just the color rainbow, but in mm -hmm. aspects of size and, um, you know, um, how tall you are, like all the different, the rainbow of types of people that are out there. And it's great that you have that access to be yeah. able to seek that out. And it just needs to be, I guess we all just need to, I don't know. I, I, I like you said, I don't think it's ever going to happen, but <laughs> mental health until mental health is forefront in our society. Yeah. I don't think social media curators that curate all the negative images is ever going to change because it really does have the potential to be powerful in so mm -hmm. many great ways. Yeah. But again, like anything, like, you know, like we talk about anything is that kind of stuff doesn't sell. It's the yeah. negative that sells like oh, in, in the yeah. news, like yeah, the bad the negative stuff. sells. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, it's all about money. So <laughs> I know, I know the, you know, the diet industry is a 16 plus billion with a B dollar industry. Yep. Like and that often is focused on again, like you said, like the negative predatory marketing of saying you're the problem. Here's the fix. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I know it sounds like you are in this space. And for me, like that's been something that I've been very firm and very passionate about is that I refuse to market in that way. I don't even do like, I don't even do that. It's some of why I shifted away from fitness specifically, mm -hmm. um, you know, and more into the coaching space, because again, like it's about helping you to find what works for you, not me saying, here's what you need to do with your body yeah. through personal training. You well, know, this like, is if you decide like that you want to do strength training and like you want to do it the way that I have expertise, like that's one thing, but that might totally not be it. Like if you're into Zumba, go to Zumba at your local Y. Like, but right. feel, find that out about yourself, feel comfortable with that, and then you know, build it into your world. Like, yeah, it's it's tough. It's it's a very small percentage of the industry that is you know, truly like coming from a place of helping and compassion. Yeah. And I mean, that's exactly why I've created my own niche within the vegan plant-based world, because yeah, so that. much of it is black and white. And, yes. and I don't believe in that. I believe that Me eating either. is a continuum and it is a lot, it's a wellness is a continuum and yep. e and eating is a part of it, but you, no, one's going to argue that eating more plants is bad. Every doctor, everybody's like, yeah, plants are nutrients. That's how we get what we need. Mm -hmm. But but that's, doesn't mean it's all plants. Like I don't, I even don't believe that you have to eat. Like if you want to eat some meat, great. I mean, meat heavy diets aren't great for you, mm -hmm. but some meat is, there's no studies out there that actually say that there's a significant difference in your health between a hundred percent plant-based and 80 or 90% plant-based. Mm -hmm. There's like nothing out there that says, cause it's, it's a continuum. Yeah. And some weeks you do this and some, and, and that's the, that's the issue that I have is so many mm -hmm. people are hesitant to add plants to their diet because this like, like in body image, the mm -hmm. message that they see online is you got to do it all or, or, or you're not doing it right. Yeah. That's and, such an issue in the whole wellness industry. Like you said, on your side in food on my side in fitness, all of that, like there's so much yeah. like dogmatic black and white, this, yeah. or that, if then thinking and like, uh-uh, we got to get out of that. Like we need to shift from a fix to a growth mindset about it. Like it just, I love how yeah. you're using the word continuum. I talk about the gray space often or like a spectrum, you know, yeah, like it is. you can be anywhere in the middle. You can change your mind. You can, it, like, and you change just, God, and you don't yes. have to stay where you are. Like exactly. 
life is going to bring you like, I mean, there's like, when we go on vacation, you bring me all the cocktails and all the French fries. Like <laughs> I do not want a freaking salad by the pool. Like I'm yeah. sorry. I just don't. And you know, we go on a week and we freaking go over the deep end, like whatever. And then we come back and I'm like, yep, feel like crap time to feel time to like start eating my greens again. Mm -hmm. But that's my body telling me what it wants. You know, I go on vacation, my body's letting go and saying, bring me those French fries. And I come yeah. back and it's like, all right, I had my fill. I we need to get you back to a place of, you know, where you are, like in your balanced state, and let's get you some greens, like, yeah. which that um, all goes back to like that learning process of listening to your body and right. actually like listening to it and doing what it's telling you. Right. Yeah. And also like, this kind of release to you, which also is so prevalent within wellness stuff of like one week, isn't going to change your life. You don't need to come home and then beat yourself oh up for a week. Seriously. You just say like, Oh God, that was so fun. Eh, I don't feel great. So like, let me get, you know, back to incorporating more of like my plants and things that was fun, but it yeah. doesn't mean that, Oh, I'm a crap person because I had cocktails and, you know, French fries on vacation, you know? So it's kind of taking that beating yourself up piece out of it too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, this was amazing. Thank you so much for taking time to being here. I mean, it was such a great conversation. I feel like we can keep talking forever on yeah, this. I agree. This um, is great. Thanks again for having it was me on. Awesome. Absolutely. And all of you listening, thank you so much. And if you could rate and review my podcast, um, when you're done listening to this, I would so appreciate it. It helps me so much when I have all those ratings and reviews so that I can get great guests on here to give you great information. Um, like Courtney today, uh, that's what it's all about is to help you all um, learn more and realize that life is not black and white. And in order to, to be your best self, like you really need to like embrace the gray um, and make sure to join me next time when I'm going to actually be talking to a nurse practitioner and dietitian all about macros. And that kind of involves this whole, you know, our talk on body image and diet and, and why macros are actually all very important for you. And you should not be cutting all of them out because someone promised you, you're going to look like Cindy Crawford. Um, <laughs> I love it. Thanks everybody. We'll chat again soon.